In this episode, I'm joined by the delightful Sophie Lechner, founder of the Global Growth Experience. And we're talking about some juicy leveraging tactics for using LinkedIn to build relationships and find clients. I'm looking forward to getting into this subject because LinkedIn can make or break you. It's really important to know what you're doing. And Sophie's helped so many entrepreneurs achieve success through LinkedIn. Come join our conversation. Welcome to the Leverage Business Podcast, where we believe business success is about working smarter, not harder. Leveraging your time and expertise in ways that fit the digital age you and your clients live in today. I'm your host, Jay Allison, author of Leverage Consulting in the Digital Age and founder of the iSuccess Business Academy. And every week I'll be sharing insights into how you can apply the power of leverage to grow your consulting, coaching or other expert services business and create true freedom and independent success with mindset, marketing and money model breakthroughs. Because when you get leveraged, the sky's the limit. Let's go for it. Hey, 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 here we are again. And I'm excited today because my guest is the delightful Sophie Lechner, founder of the Global Growth Experience and creator of the LinkedIn Magnet Method. And before I start grilling Sophie about leveraging LinkedIn to do amazing things to build relationships and find clients for your business, let me tell you a little bit about her. Over the last 15 years, Sophie has built a large global network on LinkedIn that's led to speaking engagements, podcast invitations, and an interview in Forbes. She speaks, consults, and coaches on topics that are incredibly important in today's digital society, including cultural differences, global expansion, and online networking. Her LinkedIn workshops and coaching program receive rave reviews, including from some of my own clients. Based on the LinkedIn magnet method she created, Sophie works with entrepreneurs all over the globe. And right now she's here with me, ready to share some juicy leveraging tactics for using LinkedIn and how to build connections, nurture relationships and find people without them getting annoyed or ignoring you. So Sophie, welcome to the Leverage Business Podcast. I'm so thrilled to have you on the show and so we can get into the myths and mysteries of LinkedIn. Yes, I'm so glad to be here and excited to be sharing some juicy tips with your audience. Cool, cool, great. So let me set the scene for our conversation. We're going to kick off with a quick fire round of Q&A and I know you're up for that. And then I'd love you to share a little bit about you, you know, what LinkedIn's done for you. And then we'll dig into some of the nitty gritty issues that often come up with using LinkedIn. Okay. Yes, sounds good. Grill away. Quick. (laughs) fire around here we go so what is LinkedIn you know who's using it what kinds of businesses does it suit yeah so LinkedIn is really a way to connect with people all over the world just discover a lot of new information and new people that you can connect with and really grow your business so I know we'll get into that in terms of the businesses that this is you know that are there I find it's easier to actually talk about the ones who are not, because I feel like most businesses are actually present on LinkedIn. So I would say the types of business that are not there are maybe like dentists, chiropractors, really B2C businesses that don't really get their 
clients from from a social platform usually um i would include massage therapists in there but i actually have a client who's a massage therapist so it all depends on how you want to use linkedin and there are many different ways you can do that so what would you say is now the culture of the platform broadly speaking because it's quite different isn't it from facebook Yes. So definitely it's different from Facebook in the sense that you would share mostly, you know, work-related, professional-related, business-related topics. Although you do see people sharing Facebook-like stuff and they get criticized for it. And hopefully they'll learn to just leave LinkedIn and and go on Facebook. But really, it's a very... um, collegial type of atmosphere I find on LinkedIn and you can share you know business related but also sort of the 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 personal aspects of your business so you know mindset issues like failures or let's say projects that don't necessarily go very well so I find that more and more LinkedIn is a place where you can actually be yourself. I mean, you don't want to give, you know, the nitty gritty details of things that go wrong, but there's a certain aspect of bringing your entire self to LinkedIn that I find interesting and um, that I promote in my uh, business for my clients. And I find that it, it is moving in that direction more and more, which I find is great. Yeah, I'm hearing a lot about the boundaries blurring. So what do you mean by collegial in that sense? I mean by that, that people are really relating more and more on a human level. So a little bit less formally and more, you know, helping each other, supporting each other, having conversations about our businesses. That's what I mean by collegial. Do you find it quite a collaborative platform? Yes, very much. Very much. Yeah. 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 I, I think the perception is that it's a professional network that um, you know you have to be very formal so I love what you're saying there about be yourself and and give a little bit more of your personality than perhaps you think is appropriate because it's actually it's another social platform isn't it yes yes it's interesting the word social I mean I don't think of LinkedIn as a social platform you know people talk about sharing on social media it's a tendency to say no I don't share on social media but but LinkedIn is social media you know so it's 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 interesting but you know speaking of the formality um I often have clients who who come to me and they're very they're very nervous about posting on LinkedIn. They're like, oh, but I don't have all the degrees or, oh, I don't have, you know, a well-established business or I don't have all these credentials. And we spend some time on that whole mindset reset, you know, which is really you, you can post on LinkedIn without having all of these things. You know, it's, a, it's one of the myths and misconceptions um, about LinkedIn. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. I mean, how does it work then? I mean, how's the platform structured? You know, connections, followers, news feeds, posts, articles, you know, there's a whole load of different things. Just give us a little bit of a of an overview of. Yeah, I'll give you a little tour. So basically, everybody has, you know, you set up your own your own profile, which is kind of like your identity card. It's a description of who you are, what you do. And then you can connect with people. So there's first degree connection. So that's, for example, you and I are connected on LinkedIn. We're officially first degree connection. And then, for example, all of your people that you're connected to are then my second degree connections and then their connections are connections. So that's sort of overall the, the, the connection um, 
landscape. And then there's the opportunity to post a lot of content if you want. There's posts, articles, and all of that goes into what we call your feed. So that scrolls down pretty fast. And those are basically the two things. So there's content and profiles. So of course, from there, you can post content and and connect with people that are commenting on your content. You can do searches on people on their titles. And, you know, there's a lot of different things you can do from there. But those are the main two pieces of it, really. Yeah, yeah. So there's also, I think, like Facebook as well, there's a personal and a business page that you can set up. Tell me about the difference between those. Yes. So... My clients, and I think yours to some extent, are, you know, if you're a solopreneur, uh, you know, a small business, basically, I think a personal page is really your your best bet um, for a while. What I mean by that is, for me, a company page is really only necessary once you have, let's say, two, three, four employees and on up. Of course, you have, you know, the the apples of the world that are on there. But I don't think as entrepreneurs, we really need to have a company page until we have several people. Otherwise, it's just a duplication and it's just extra work. Uh, So I feel there's not really much benefit. Okay. And what about LinkedIn groups? It came up in my interview with Tonya Kubo in episode 36. The LinkedIn groups are a little bit hit and miss right now. Yes, yes, they are. Sadly, there's, I think, a lot of cleanup that LinkedIn should be doing on groups. They are very different than groups on Facebook. Um, Facebook are really, it's it's a little community and you can do all kinds of things in there. It, technically, you could do the same in, in on LinkedIn, but it's just not the way groups are being used. And it's very hard. Like you said, it's a lot of hit and miss. There's a lot of groups that are just created and then they just linger people don't really use them when you find a really good group it can be an amazing experience which is why I always encourage my clients not in weeks one or two but further down the road to spend some time trying to explore and find you know groups that could be relevant for them Uh, but it's it's very hard to find them but it could be an amazing experience when you do find them because there's that collegiality you can exchange a lot you can um so I mean, it sounds to me that there's a number of steps that you can take to kind of get going on LinkedIn. And we'll dig into that a little bit later in terms of how you sort of set yourself up and then grow your community or your network from there. Let's hear a little bit about you, um, first of all, as well. I mean, the G2 experience, the, the global growth experience, and what LinkedIn has done for you. Tell us a little bit about where you came to all of this. Yes. So... You know, I have to go back a little bit in my history, if that's all right, for a couple of minutes. Um, I'm half French, half Pakistani, and I've always had those two cultures around me. And it's always been very important for me growing up to be able to connect people from the two sides of my family. And sort of that was the way I grew up. And so I was worked in international um, positions, so I would have interactions with people from all over the world. And so when LinkedIn came out in 2005-6-ish, I don't remember exactly, I just jumped on there and I was all over it. I said, wow, this is just the best thing since sliced bread. And I still believe that. So I went on there and started immediately using it. 
And I very quickly saw the potential and started connecting with people all over the world. I first connected with all the people in my, I was at Pfizer at the time. So a lot of people around me in other parts of the world. And, um, and so I've really enjoyed that and continued using it, you know, throughout the years. And then professionally, it's, it's really brought me all the things you mentioned. I mean, I've had you know, webinar interviews, I've had speaking engagements that really came out from connections that I made on LinkedIn, people that I got to know and like and trust and who invited me on these events. And then that Forbes interview, which was my moment of fame, <laughs> came from, from a LinkedIn connection. And even, you know, I was talking about how you bring your whole self. I've really made some friends on LinkedIn, um, you know, that have gone on to really be friends that I met with, you know, further down the line in person. And and uh, so, yeah, there's that whole aspect of LinkedIn. I was going to ask you about that because I mean, it feels like we've, we've kind of been reclused online for the past year and a half, really. And I think what's gone is some of that that interweaving between the real world and the online world in terms of some of the networking events we used to go to, some of the business, you know, breakfast meetings and business meetings and conferences and all of those things that we used to do in person where you then, when you come online, you're connecting with people that you also met. So how has that changed, do you think? How, how, what have you noticed in terms of how that's changed over the, for you as well as for your clients? Yeah, well, it's interesting because before the pandemic, I was always um, sort of tooting the horn of you don't have to be going to these painful events. A lot of people don't like those those <laughs> working events. So I was always saying, you know, you don't really need to do that. You can actually do a lot of networking just on LinkedIn, on your own time, in your PJs, you know, whenever it works for you. Um, and of course, since the pandemic, you know, people have just sort of realized that and opened their their minds to that. So, so that whole conversation doesn't need to take place anymore, which is kind of great. But um, what that means is that a lot of people have come to LinkedIn and have really no idea how to use it because they've never had to use it before. So I guess that in a way that's good for me because that's what I do. I help people to figure out how to use it. Yeah. But yeah. um it means that there's a lot of um, sort of hit or miss type of tactics that are being used. And a lot of, I would say, larger consultants who really jumped on the bandwagon. But I think that there are some tactics that are undesirable that are being pushed by some of these bigger consultants. And um, that has, I feel, polluted a little bit the landscape. But I think things are sorting themselves out, if you will. I think people are sort of realizing the ones that really don't believe in LinkedIn are kind of leaving it or at least stopping, you know, their activities. And hopefully this will this will all sort itself out. Yeah, I think the cream rises to the top, as they say. And there's some tactics I've noticed. And, and I think, you know, people are pretty wise to it now. It's probably put them off in some ways, but I think those people don't hang around the platform as long because then they, they don't get results from those kind of tactics. Exactly. Um, so hopefully the, it, it will settle down. And I think you're right. I mean, there's best practices that I think just a lot of people, they they don't know. They just see it as a way of of being able to access and then, and then spam people, really. Mm-hmm. Essentially, that's what they're doing. And yeah. um, so we're here to make sure that we're all doing it the right way because that way will be more effective. So the time you 
do spend on LinkedIn as kind yeah. of reap rewards. So I think there's a good, bad and ugly kind of experience that you can have, right? Um, so let's start with, you know, what not to do, if I may. What are what are the biggest mistakes people generally make using the platform? Yeah. So, well, since we were talking about that, let's let's go straight into those types of tactics. And and that kind of is something that I say early on when I speak with people is with my method, you do not send connection requests. You don't walk around down the street and say to people, hey, you want to give me your phone number? (laughs) Right. It's the same thing. Like you don't just reach out to individuals that you don't know and send connection requests. So, so that's why, you know, I've called my method, the, the magnet method, because it's really all about, we have to remember it's people. So what you want to do is be out there on LinkedIn, represent yourself, represent your expertise and have that and what you share, the knowledge that you share, basically attract people to you. So no connection requests. If you do meet someone and you want to connect with them because you have met in person or through an event online, always send a uh, message. I mean, the number of people who just click connect and, and don't put a message. And I just still bothers my mind. How can you do that? Right. <laughs> um, so the other thing that's really egregious is, is when you receive a connection request and you, you know, you decide that for whatever reason you feel it's a good connection, you you, you accept. And then immediately after you receive this long, long message that says, you know, and this is what I do. And, you know, you know, Michael's uh, call that spam. That's basically spam. And that's unfortunately still being done. So please don't be the person doing that, right? (laughs) That's what a lot of gurus are telling people to do. So that's what I think you should not do. It's very important to keep boundaries on LinkedIn. So the thing is, when you receive those messages, just ignore them. Just pretend it's not happening, right? Some clients that I work with, they feel compelled. Again, one of the misconceptions is, oh, if somebody's reached out to me, um, I need to respond. No, not necessarily. Of course, if it's done nicely, you know, if it's a real human connection, of course, you want to respond always and fast. But if it's one of those spam things, just ignore them, you know, and it's perfectly fine. Don't go down the rabbit hole of trying to answer all those requests. Yeah. So those are the, the, the key things I would say. Yeah, and I know we'll go in, into the Yeah, I might, I might come back to that because I think it's interesting to, to think about who's asking for the connection and how you decide whether or not they're useful before you've, you know, started having a conversation. But I hear you totally that, you know, you get a connection request and then the next thing you know, you get an advert, basically. <laughs> and it makes you kind of reluctant to accept the connection in the first place. And I think that's where it's going a, a little bit wrong. Yeah, and I'd say, you know, when you receive a connection request, I mean, I have a sort of an informal process. I'm like, okay, first of all, if the person doesn't send a a message, that's my first red flag. Yeah. Um, So then I look at, okay, who are they? What's their headline? Is it remotely interesting for me? And then I click on their profile if I find the headline is interesting to me. I click on their profile. I look at how many connections they have. You know, if they have 10 or 12, I'm like, "Eh, maybe not. Mm -hmm. Um, 
so there's that. And then I look at how, how, you know, is their profile filled in? Is it filled in with stuff that I find interesting? And then do they post? Are they active? Those are the types of things that I look at. And if all of that comes out positive, it's interesting. I like what they post, then I'll accept. But by that point, I have a certain level of comfort that they're not going to spam me. And of course, I get it wrong like everyone else. And... <laughs> You're not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because there's people that want to make a connection with you and you, you you absolutely know that they're they're touting for business. You know, they're they're about will making or they're about um, wealth investment or something. And they're just trying to find their potential clients as well. So, I mean, it must be awfully difficult, though. It's kind of like, well, there must, there's got to be a way for even people like that to connect with people like us, you know, in business people. Yeah. Um, without, you know, without it becoming a prospect, it always about prospecting. So let's talk a little bit about how to keep on the straight and narrow so that we're doing it the right way. What are the different ways that you can use LinkedIn to grow your business? I remember you you talked to me about three strands or three purposes you mentioned, and I think it would be really helpful to to think about it in that way. Yeah. So the overarching concept is really be yourself, present yourself as a person and bring everything that you have to the fore and share and share generously. And I know it sounds very corny and everybody says that, but it's really, really important to embody that on LinkedIn. So the three key things are, first of all, make sure that your profile is all filled out and correctly done with the banner and the picture and all these other things. But what's important, and I actually spend a lot of time with my clients on doing that, is having your about section really, really represent who you are. So it shouldn't just be, yes, it is your sales page, but it needs to be more than that. It needs to be more than just you saying, you know, what you do when your products are. It's really bringing your passion for what you do, bringing your experience, your expertise, and really uh, weaving in your story and how you came to be the person that you are now. And that is very, very often not done on an about page. And when you look at a professional about page that doesn't have those components, it, it's really cold. It's not inviting. Whereas if you see some people who really will tell you their story and you feel their passion, your first reaction is to be engaged emotionally. After all, that is how we make decisions, like it or not, right? So you need to really put your heart and soul into your about section. And I find it's not something you can do in an hour. It takes um, weeks to really get that down right. It's interesting because you see a lot of the time people have just pretty much put in their CV. Um, as you as you've just been saying, and and I really like what you're sharing here about it's about connecting with people, you know, and store your story. I mean, we can talk a little bit more about that. You know, it's not it's not like telling your deepest, darkest uh, personal things. It it's more about how you come to do the work that you're doing, so that you're attracting the right people, isn't it? Yes, yes, and it's really interesting the work that goes into. Um, digging into your past and and who you are to actually put on uh, your about page, what you want to have publicly share. A lot of times I find when I work with on that with my clients, we spend 
you know, several weeks on it and it's iterative and they come back and then, and, and a lot of times what comes out on paper is not really what is going to be shared. It's what comes out when we're one-on-one, you know, across the Zoom. And I said, well, how come? And when did you do that? And why did you do that? And what happened? And where does that come from? Yeah. And a lot of stuff comes up and then we transcribe it and then we sort it, and, you know, yeah. it, it's quite a process. But in the end, I think it, it results in something really powerful that people can really connect to when they when they look so that's the first piece is really getting yeah. them let, let me just comment on that because I, I I think we do the same thing in in many ways because um what I sometimes do is I'll throw out the like the sales narrative of a sales page mm-hmm. from based on client conversations based on because sometimes people are so close to it themselves they can't see it right and sometimes if you if I as the coach will take it and put it on the paper based on that conversation and that it's like I haven't really looked at it that way and I said well these are your words this is what you've been telling me but as soon as you go to write something somehow that authenticity just goes out the window and I and I so I really I, I really hear you on what you're saying about working with somebody and that's the coaching part of what you do isn't it yeah. the same for me is that it's really to draw out what that person is all about because it's really hard for us to do that ourselves so thanks for that and it's interesting because I hadn't really thought about I think about that for copywriting you know for your your sales page or your about me page on your website and I hadn't really thought about the fact that that's what you need to do on LinkedIn as well so really great tip there yeah yeah so the second yeah. thing so the th- second thing is so that's the foundation you need to do that first then what you want to do is of course be more visible you want to be visible to as many people as possible so that's where the content comes in and that's my preferred and favorite uh activity is really um creating content and that can be um a very daunting word you know it's like oh i need to write these long articles no content is you know if you write on linkedin oh i just spoke with a client this morning and um they said such and such which really gave me pause let's say okay that's a post right? It's the same philosophy. It needs to be you. It needs to be, you know, bring us into your life, your work life, your life in general, but mostly your work life. So creating content. And I think what's important is to be there consistently. Posting every day is something that scares people. But, you know, if you create, let's say, one piece of content, let's say it's a 500 word post, and you do that once a week, the rest of the days of the week, you could just be resharing somebody else's post that you liked with a comment that says why it's relevant for your audience. And the rest of the time, you can be just posting short little things. And what's the most important with that is, of course, you need to put your content out there, but it's the comments, it's the conversations that are going to come out of all of that. So when people comment on your posts, go and respond. When uh, you're looking through your feed, comment, comment on other people's content as well. Because those conversations, that's where the whole magnet thing starts to happen, is you have these conversations, and then all of a sudden, you're well, yeah, you're talking with another human. And guess what? Maybe that human could be a client or could be a referral source. So once you have those conversations, then you can connect. It's not like this big connection requesting. It's just 
yeah, connecting with another human. <laughs> it's as simple as that. <laughs> totally. And I and I definitely see that for posts. What's the difference between using how you use posts and how you would use an article? Because I know LinkedIn supports mm-hmm. publishing articles specifically, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The biggest difference is that when you write a post, um, it goes in the feed. And so, as you know, the feed um, is just populated with millions of posts every day. So your post is going to have a shelf life, let's say, of about a few days, maybe a week, if somebody continues to comment. But it's basically gone after a while. The articles stay uh, present and they are sort of attached to your profile. So when somebody goes to your profile, they can easily find all your articles and you can also feature them on your profile. So to me, the articles, well, the obvious first difference is that an article could be a much longer piece. It has some formatting that you can put in it. So you can put links in it. You can put pictures. So it's it's a it's a more... Um, you know, substantial piece. That's obviously the first difference. But also it's an evergreen piece of content. So it's good to have a few key articles that you've posted, even if you don't post regularly an article, but have a few that are the basis of your work so that people can look at your profile and then they can look at your articles and they're really about your what you offer and what you do for people and really um meaty pieces if you will yeah some really key sort of signature pieces I mean we we talk about that for thought leadership so your posts are not necessarily going to have to be packed with content and I think that comes back to what you yeah. were saying about putting more of your personality and observational and, and really getting into the conversation with people through mm-hmm. your posts and through commenting on other posts and then commenting on the commenting. And I mean, really, you're looking at, say, spending half an hour a day just doing those kind of things um, rather than expecting to be all over LinkedIn all day long. I mean, that's not that's not what we're looking at, but consistently finding mm-hmm. a block of time, yeah, whether it's two or three times a week or once a day is is down to your strategy, but finding that time to do it consistently. Um, So once you set up those articles, presumably you'd look to just keep keep something going, you know, once a month or once a quarter. How often do people who are using this well tend to post an article? Yeah, I find that a good strategy, solid uh, frequency, is to put an article once a month. Okay. Um, a good solid post where you share your opinion about something um, once a week and the rest of the time little posts like you said observations you know a book you're enjoying something like that and and sharing other people's contents you know um, uh, curation is you know fancy word sometimes people don't know what it is but it's basically sharing other people's content and that's very important my first two or three years on LinkedIn. That's all I did because in back in the day, I was way too shy to share anything of my own. I was not into writing. And all I did was share other people's posts with some comments and observations. And I got amazing traffic and, and connections and, and uh, activity just from that. So you could actually never write anything, but I mean, <laughs> you know. Don't tell them that. <laughs> Okay, so we've got 
the first strand being around your profile and your positioning and the second around that thought leadership and your content and mm-hmm. using the different parts of LinkedIn to mm-hmm. to, to be present, basically. So what's the third strand to all of this? So as you're going through your business and you know you've refined your avatar, you know who your client is, you start to have enough information where you can actually go and search for them. So between the profile and the content, I find a lot of times as a solopreneur, that's enough to get you the clients that you need. But if you want to go a little bit deeper, you can actually find the people through, even with the free account. I mean, there's, you know, all these different levels, even with the free account, you can do quite detailed searches on LinkedIn for, you know, the title, um, the type of company, the location, et cetera, et cetera. So you can find your, your clients by name. Then, of course, a lot of people will say, well, send them a connection request. And I'm like, no, no, don't do that. Um, What you can do, and it's a slow process. I will grant you it's a slow process, but the conversion rate, in my opinion, is way, way, way um, higher. So don't send them a connection request, but select the top 10 and go through them 10 by 10 and look on their profile. When you look at somebody's profile, they see that you've looked at their profile, depending on their settings, but most of the time. So even that may be enough for them to be aware of you now. They've seen you. They've looked at your profile. So that's the first point of contact. And then look at their content. And if you find an article that's interesting, comment on it, right? Start a conversation. It's always down to the same thing. Start a conversation. And that's how you can attract those people much more specifically. You go find them, but then you still engage them in the same human, normal. See, for me, that's more normal. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it sounds a little bit like in the beginning that you're, you kind of have to do a bit of stalking, um, which obviously doesn't have a, a very good uh, connotation there, the word stalking. But it, it sounds that you are sort of sussing each other out a little bit you know, sort of viewing what people have done and then seeing whether or not there's something, a conversation to be had. Yeah. And, you know, I would call it stalking if you, if there's a person that you do that to, you know, like you go to their profile, you comment. Okay. My opinion, that's not stalking. If you were commenting on 10 of their posts, 10 of their articles and continue doing it after they have not shown any interest in connecting with you, to me, that would be stalking. Okay. But if you comment, then like he get back to you and then there need to be takes two to tango, right? There can be if the person responds to your comment, then there's a conversation going. But if they don't respond and don't react, then leave it alone. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's good good advice. It feels like there's a dynamic, isn't it, to it? There's a bit of a dance, um, Mm -hmm. a little bit of like, circling circling the room you know sussing people out I'm I'm joking of course about it sounding rather sinister but um it does feel that there is this kind of virtual it's a virtual networking isn't it where you you're you're having to kind of circle the room and you know when you kind of peer subtly at someone's name badge at a conference it's the same thing I think that's all we're all we're talking about here so um give me an example of a uh, let's be really clear. What's a typical good connection cycle in terms of that first message and posting and that? What 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 would do it? If, at what point do you kind of say, "Hey, this person isn't interested"? 
Um, let's see. So I go, let's say this scenario, I go and I search for somebody who could be a good contact, right? So I go, I look at their profile. I look at an article, I comment on it or a post and I comment on it. Um, I might comment on two and then I would just leave it alone for a few days. If they're not already a connection, can you comment on people's posts? Oh, yes. 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I would I would leave a couple comments and then presumably, you know, maybe they're busy. They haven't looked. So maybe the the following week I would come back and comment on a post again. Um, But I, I, I mean, that's all very you have to do what's comfortable for me. Two times would be that would I would leave it alone after that. Yeah, yeah. So if they come back to you, uh, mm-hmm. I'd like to just jump back to you know when you're posting, you're sending out posts more so than articles, although it might be both. I don't know the answer to this. Uh, what about hashtags? Is what I wanted to ask and tagging people. What are the some of the best practices there? Because I I noted that I wanted to ask you about that and I hadn't. So yeah. So generally, when you post, you want to use hashtags, and usually you want to use between three to five. Many because LinkedIn starts to look at your post as um, you know spammy so three to five and you want and basically hashtags are like keywords right they're, they're really keywords that relate to the content that you're sharing that day so you can use a whole variety you can have a library of hashtags that you like to use that are related to your activity and related to what you're posting about what that does is that people who are following those hashtags will then have an opportunity to see your post because your post will show up in their feed. So, you know, I was talking about your profile initially and part of the foundational work you want to do is to go and search further hashtags that are of interest to you and follow them. So that allows that content to come into your feed. And then that makes it easier for you to find things that are relevant to you to then share and comment on etc because if you don't do that if you don't customize your feed it's going to be full of junk that you're never going to be that interested in good point i mean it really is a sort of a leveraging piece here isn't it because it's about having a strategy rather than just going on and doing all sorts of things and you know doing a few things really well and suddenly even thinking about it in those three strands that we just talked about is is quite helpful and then the other thing about doing it consistently and I think what I'm also hearing is most of us probably need a coach (laughs) because we don't know what we're doing on LinkedIn I mean I get a lot of leads from LinkedIn and I don't have a strategy so I'm thinking well wow what could I do if I actually had you know a really good strategy um, yeah. as well so I think that's the beauty of your program so there's a couple of things I just want to mention before I move on to talk a little bit about your business and how you've created leverage which I'd love to dig into a little bit you're very generously giving us a very nice guide to LinkedIn which covers I think some of those three areas and I'm going to put the link to opt in to get that guide into the show notes. And your website is certainly one way that they can get hold of you, isn't it? And that's g2experience.org. Yes, slash LinkedIn. <laughs> okay, slash LinkedIn. That'll get you right to the LinkedIn part. And of course, you can connect with Sophie on LinkedIn as well and find her on there. So yeah, all of those links and, and ways to get hold of Sophie will be in the show notes for this episode, which is at jallison.com forward slash podcast. 
what I'd like to do now is just to get a little bit of a sense about your business. And, you know, this has been a great program for you, hasn't it? I mean, it, you've really come brought all of your experience into helping others to use LinkedIn more effectively because there are all these pitfalls that we keep falling into. And I love what you do. And as I said, right at the start, a lot of um, my clients have, have been working with you and they're just like, wow, this is this is just amazing. It makes such a difference. And it's not enough to just read a guide or you know it, really working with someone to tailor and get your profile absolutely nailed down and, and have that strategy I think it's been so effective for people so um, I mean in a sense part of your business will be to create leverage through LinkedIn of course is how you find people but I think what you what you're really good at as well is is networking and making those connections with people what would you say is your most your biggest leverage strategies, if you like, for your own business, apart from LinkedIn? Ah, apart from LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> I was all ready to tell you all about LinkedIn. I know. <laughs> well, we assume that you practice what you preach. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, it's all about connecting with people. And so I really enjoy joining different communities um, of like-minded people. And I know that you and I um, interact with a with a, a community of entrepreneurs that we both really enjoy. And so just in those communities, interacting with people, supporting them in the best way that you can. I also belong to a couple of other communities that I really enjoy. And it's just sharing. It's the same thing as on LinkedIn. It's sharing, you know, I, I'm in groups where we discuss um business strategies of all kinds and then somebody throws the word LinkedIn like oh maybe I should find them on LinkedIn I said oh you know if you want we can have 15 minutes I can give you a few tips on how to find those kinds of people and I help people all the time and at the end of the day that's how people find me it's as simple as that I mean, one of the reasons I, I wanted to get you on the show is because you did a, a most amazing workshop um, for, for one of those communities and I just thought the clarity that you bring to this whole field of using LinkedIn was just so awesome. So I definitely encourage people to go and uh, grab that uh, guide that Sophie's put together for us. So um, what would you say is your best advice for someone who's starting out, you know, looking to grow a business? If if LinkedIn is is a platform that's going to be good for them, what what would you say is there is the process that they should go through? Yeah. So. Um... Create your profile and bring all of yourself to it, you know, as, as for what I was saying before. Uh, create your profile. Make sure that you are following the hashtags and the professionals and publications and organizations that you um, that are relevant to your work. And then just post. Don't create a big, don't listen to the gurus that say, you know, you have to create a content calendar or, you know, a big content strategy. Yes, those are great, but not for starting. Don't start with that. Just start sharing other people's posts that you find interesting. And that's all you need to do. When you're first, first starting, just do that. And as you gain confidence, then you can start to share your own content. But as a beginner, those two steps are, are an easy way in. So creating a really great profile and just starting with some posts and, and comments on other people. And it's it sounds to me that what you're saying as well is at the heart of it is really doing a bit of keyword research so that you're using the hashtags um, effectively on that platform. In fact, as in any platform that uses yeah. uses that mm -hmm. kind of 
talking about. Yeah. And, and, you know, um, a lot of people get all tangled up in the whole question of, I don't have anything to write about. I don't have enough to share. No, you have a ton of knowledge. Just sit in your power, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we've talked a bit, bit about content strategies in, in other episodes. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think one of the things is we're an impatient bunch. We always want, you know, a fast return on, on the investment of time on any platform. What would you say are some of the short-term wins that you'd expect to find doing what you've just suggested and starting out? Well, I mean, the clients that I work with, usually I often attract beginners. <laughs> so let's say if you are a beginner, within a few weeks, you could have several thousand views on each of your posts you can be connecting with people who are in your field you can be having conversations that's one thing we didn't talk about uh, is all the different ways that you can use LinkedIn for your business not just connecting and not just content and not just although those are great (laughs) you know getting sales but also you can do for example market research so you can do research on your avatar you can do research on your next offering package you can do research on your competitors so all those things conversations with the people that they need to have those those calls with for their market research for example so those are the types of things that can happen quite quickly once you've set up your strategy properly yeah we we often use that outreach strategy um as a way of doing market research that actually ends up getting you clients because Mm -hmm. just the whole process of of asking those questions and and mm-hmm. going through that process you you attract the the people who would want to work with you i mean it's interesting because you've actually touched on a few things i was going to ask about the kind of metrics that people could be using to measure what and where things are working on linkedin mm-hmm. so you've talked about you know obviously growing the number of connections the number of comments or likes on your post the number of calls that you end up mm-hmm. having i guess what else what am i missing well, yeah, there, there's a there's a bunch of metrics you could use, but more as markers of the real activity. To me, the real the metric that I go for is really, like you said, the number of calls, the number of conversations. Because at the end of the day, if you're a solopreneur, an expert, a coach, your sales, your number of clients are going to be correlated with if you convert properly with the number of calls that you have. You need to have those conversations, and we always say as coaches. The more calls you have, the more calls you get on, the more clients you will have, right? I mean, that's just a rule that we know. So LinkedIn is the way to get to those conversations. And so that's the metric that I have. You you have to take your posts, create conversations from those comments and be able to take them gradually into a connection and then a conversation, a private conversation, and then a suggestion for a coffee chat or a call. Yeah, and I think it also comes full circle back to profile building as well, doesn't it? Because the the conversations you have are going to be more targeted and they're going to be better qualified people, the clearer you are about what you do and who you do it for. So that's what I find is that the whole process actually becomes incredibly refined over time. And more of those conversations could end up turning into clients as you become more targeted. What would you say are the the three things that steer how you use LinkedIn for growing your business? It's all about the human connection. I feel like a broken record, but I always say that it really is. 
about the human connection and don't get all hung up on all the other parts. So um, sharing sharing what you have um, to, to offer and just remember that you know a lot of things that other people don't know. That's actually how I came to do this business. It, I've just learned so much about LinkedIn over the last 15 years. I never even thought of doing a business like yeah, this. Yeah, I'm sure the same is true for me. Yeah, so, but during the pandemic, everybody was, you know, like, ah, oh, we can't go to networking events. And so um, I started telling people, I can help you, I can help you. And then I gave, you know, 50 or 60 free calls, free consultations and free coaching um, during the pandemic. And that's when it hit me. I was like, oh, so you mean maybe I could coach people doing this? <laughs> and uh, that's how the whole idea just really started. So yeah. uh, so you have, we all have more to offer than we think. Um, and then consistency, just stay there and engage in conversations. Yeah. So you 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 probably answered my my punch question. I always ask everybody is if you had a superpower that you could use to create leverage in your business, Sophie, what would you choose? You've probably just given it given it away there, but go yeah, for it. Yeah, it's, it's it's connecting, and I think that really is a superpower of mine in the sense that it's something that I do um, naturally. I'm doing introductions and connecting people with each other several times a day, and. Uh, People tell me they appreciate that. So that's what it's all about, I think, is connecting with other humans. And at the end of the day, whether it's to do LinkedIn, to build your business or to create world peace, that's what we need to do, <laughs> right? <laughs> it is. I, and I think, I think the thing that I take away a lot from this is it takes time. And I think a lot of people, they suddenly landed on LinkedIn because those in-person events stopped. And they were just desperate to find clients. And so they've done all of the wrong things. And I mean, I always talk about client dating. I could talk about the, you know, the relationship building, like client dating is you can't rush it. You know, <laughs> you have to woo and romance and you have to give gifts and you have to be, be a human being, as you said. So I totally hear you. And I love everything that you do. I think you're so effective um, for the people that you serve. And this is just such a place, LinkedIn is such a place that's ripe for, for the picking if you use it well and you're not impatient and desperate and you just do it the right way. And, you know, there's some really amazing relationships that can build from that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. I mean, it, like, like a lot of things, when you detach from the outcome and you enjoy the process, in yeah, the end, totally. the outcome comes to you, you know, and it's really true for LinkedIn as well as business and sales. Yeah. I mean, is there any parting wisdom that you want to leave our listeners with? Parting wisdom. Basically, just just enjoy it. You know, to me, LinkedIn is just fun. I talk with my clients and, and sometimes they, they have to open up LinkedIn because we do a lot of guided practice and we do things together on their LinkedIn with shared screen. Mm. And it always amazes me the concept of having to open LinkedIn. I'm like, what do you mean? My LinkedIn is always open. <laughs> like I live there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love um, that concept, guided practice, because I think, you know, that is actually what people need yeah. most of all is mm -hmm. to almost like be taken by the hand and, you know, show you what to do. And the fact, yeah, let's enjoy it. I mean, sometimes it feels like people talk a lot about social media marketing or networking as a chore, but, you know, at the end of the day, these are the people that potentially you're going to work with. 
So yeah. I think, the, again, the more targeted you can be, the more clear you can be about who you are and who you serve, the better the, the quality of conversations that you're going to have and interactions yeah. that you'll have. And you were talking about leveraging before, and what I'm actually planning to do is start group programs because the, the one-on-one interaction is really important to help people, to guide them along the way. But there's also great benefit in, again, interacting with other people who are also on the same journey. So um, I'm starting to do group programs on particular aspects like creating your profile or, you know, generating content. So those are the ways that I'm going to leverage uh, my business. Excellent. (laughs) As I say, thanks to uh, your podcasts on creating groups, which were really, really good, uh, good guides. Oh, awesome. Thank you. And I'm glad. I'm glad because I think a lot of uh, consultants and coaches, you know, they are stuck in the one-to-one. So that's one of the key things to do is to move to a group experience. And there's so many benefits for both you as the business owner and the group experience. You know, if your subject matter lends to it, we learn so much from each other and becomes a kind of masterminding um, experience, doesn't it? Yeah, I love that. So I've shared some of the best places that people can go and check you out. So LinkedIn, obviously, Sophie Lechner, um, spelled L-E-C-H-N-E-R, just for the pronunciation there. It's just a pleasure always talking with you, Sophie. Um, I love our conversations. We've had a little bit of internet problems today, so it's not always played, but I'm sure sort it all out in the editing process so thank you very very much um and you know you've shared so graciously uh, so much uh, insight with us today so thank you thank you so much for having me jay i love your podcast it has a lot of really good information in there so when you listen to this episode go to the others (laughs) (laughs) thank you thank you so i'm going to put the links on the show notes for the episode you can find over on the podcast main page the short link is leveragedbusinesspodcast.com and if you want to ask anything about what we've covered today there is a submit a question box for that on there too so i hope you enjoyed listening and come back each week so we can explore more leveraged business matters take care ciao ciao for now Thank you for listening to the Leverage Business Podcast. Want to create leverage in your business? Did this episode provide some insights and ideas to be thinking through? If so, subscribe so you get alerts when the next one's released. If you want to learn more or would like help and support with building a leveraged business that achieves true freedom for you, then head over to jallison.com forward slash podcast to find all the resources and links that go with this show on my website and to join our iSuccess community. And if you're enjoying our content, it would be great if you could pop into Apple Podcasts or the app you listen from and leave me a rating and review. Everyone makes a difference to improving our rankings. So thank you if you've done that already. I appreciate you. So, hey, that's it. Thank you for listening. I hope you've loved this episode and have some great takeaways to be thinking through. I wish you a pleasant, productive and profitable week. And I'll see you again next time for another episode of the Leverage Business Podcast.